In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news in the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and with that... So we're going to pick up just outside of Harris's office. It's early in the morning. It's a little bit after 8 a.m., give or take. You are all exhausted. It's been a very long night for everyone involved. Two of you have lived through some truly, truly strange events. In the strangest way possible, Dr. Marilow, you have pulled a giant gold throne dentist chair thing out of a lake and arguably had the normalist evening of the three of you, all things considered. What's the plan at this point? We're risking exhaustion rules at this point. You want to go sleep? You got anything you want to do before you go do that? Do you want to try and push through at this point? What's the plan, I guess? What are people thinking they're up to? I will say, now that you're outside in Weatherwatch or HQ again, things are tense. There is a palpable feeling of suspicion just everywhere. Blue flies, paratroopers are kind of eyeballing AFOSI agents, vice versa. What are you going to do? Are they eyeballing like a specifically or is it just like they're kind of like non-trusting of each other kind of thing? Give me a human in. I'll give you a plus 20 on that because it's relatively obvious what's going on at this point. 31 out of a modified 34 success. Yeah. So maybe you kind of had an inkling about this previously. There was kind of a bit of a divide between the AFOSI and the Blue Fly troopers, but It is very obvious right now that you have two camps going on. You have the AFOSI agents and you have the Blue Fly paratroopers. Yes, they're working together. Yes, there's no like open animosity, but you're not seeing kind of any co-mingling. I wouldn't quite call it tribal necessarily, but you definitely kind of see a very noticeable divide in behavior. The AFOSI agents definitely seem to be kind of maybe not grouping together, but you see them more in kind of pairs and trios and they are just kind of eye-fucking-everyone-around type of thing. Like, it is, no one is safe from a piercing glare from them type of thing. It is anger, mistrust, and you probably hear a variety of kind of muttered conversations as you step out of Harris's office from both groups. I'm not saying either of them necessarily mistrust you, but also, as Agent Harris said, they need answers real goddamn quick, and that's in theory your job. And you haven't really done that. All you've done is kind of unearth a string of increasingly weird questions. Like, hell, what started off as kind of a relatively, quote, normal investigation into a strange freak weather circumstance has resulted in a flatbed truck hauling a giant gold chair thing into camp. Well, Schuler is just headed back to the dorms. He's going to bed. All right. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to end up going to bed soon, but I want to make sure that the chair thing in question is unloaded and placed in the lab. So I'm going to go ahead and try to flag down whatever closest agent or whatever like officers nearby. Yeah, the blue fly troopers, the ones handling that, and they kind of look at you tired and a little bit confused at this point. You want us to unload the chair thing, don't you? Yeah, can you guys please just, if you guys can get it into a lab, like, last thing, I swear, 
I'll leave you guys alone. Just please, if you can get it loaded into one of the labs nearby. One of them kind of looks from you to the chair to one of the various kind of trailers and goes, this ain't gonna fit in there. Do you want to set up like a tent around it or something? Like, short of cutting the walls off one of those damn things. We're not getting this through a door. It took a flatbed truck to get here. I'm not sure we can really slide it in a ramp into one of these things, let alone have it fit. And once it's in, I'm not sure we can get it out. I mean, it's either set up the tent and then bring a bunch of equipment in afterwards or load this one item into the lab. Whatever is easier for you guys. You let me know. Uh, I guess we're hauling equipment. God damn it, Doc. Okay, yeah. I'm going to borrow some of your assistance, I guess, to move this shit around. Yeah, we'll set up over there, kind of gestures vaguely in the direction of where some of your research has been going on. We'll do something there. We'll get some tarps over it or something, get you a little researching tent, I guess. Listen, do you want us to, like, cover it up some or something, or just a tent over it's going to be okay? The tent, you can cover it with whatever for now. Just, yeah, as long as you guys can get it in there. That's that's the important thing. I'm going to lie down for a bit and come back and focus on this fresh kind of with a fresh clean slate, if you will, in a little bit. So yeah, it doesn't have to be right away, but if you guys can get it done soon, that'd be ideal. Must be nice getting to rest. All right. So Dr. Marillo, as you're kind of within proximity of this thing, you feel just a compulsion to sit on top of it, on top of the truck. Okay. I feel the compulsion, but am I able to resist like actually doing it or Am I just, like, fighting off an urge here? What's what's this compulsion leading me to do? Give me a pow. Pow? All right. Oh! I rolled a 99 fumble. All right, so getting up on this thing is not graceful. Like, and you're doing it almost in kind of a bit of a trance, and the Blue Fly Troopers are very aware you're in a bit of a trance, and they're kind of looking on a bit of horror as this whole thing plays out a little bit, and you climb up on top of it, and you sit down, and nothing happens. It's, I'm not sure what you're expecting to happen sitting on this large metal chair, but nothing happens. It's early in the morning, you're sitting on a giant chair thing on top of a flatbed truck in the middle of camp. Everyone's looking at you weird, and despite all of that, you feel just this odd sense of calm, and that what you're doing is something right, something correct. This is necessary. Is the feeling of calm and correct the feeling from sitting in the chair, or something else feels calm and correct? I'm not sure you'd have necessarily a way of kind of differentiating the two. I'd probably say this is the first time, though, in the entire time you've been at Weather Watcher HQ since you first arrived, that, like, this makes sense. This is what you need to be doing. Something is right in what you're doing right now. Okay. Seeing as I fumbled this role here. I'm just going to kind of sit there until I have some sort of like external disruption at this point. And I'm just going to kind of sit there in this trance at this point. All right. So, Major Dempsey, Dr. Schuler, do you have reactions to Marilow just sitting on this thing? Kind of just zoned out, like just almost blissful looking on the back of this truck on this chair. I'm not even sure if I, I'm here to notice. Sure. You just went straight to bed? I went straight to bed. I, I can roll an awareness if you want. Give me an awareness, see if you kind of notice this as you're making your way across camp. No, 99 Bumble. I'm already asleep. One <laughs> <laughs> of these rolls! No, no, I think it's worse than that. You, like, look at it, don't even register what's going on, and just kind of shrug and close the door. It's like, yeah, nothing <laughs> wrong here. 
Oh business God. is normal. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at the situation and I'm remembering what Merlot did in the infirmary or the uh, morgue, and I, I want nothing to do with it, and I shut the door. I am cautiously walking up to Merlot as she's sitting or getting seated in the chair. I'm just kind of yelling at her. Just, Merlot? Merlot? Merlot, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, eventually your voice kind of breaks the trance. So as the trance breaks, my face completely changes from this look of like, I guess, like serene calm and accomplishment and what I'm doing is right to just like, where am I? Where, how did I get here is the look on my face. And I, I look over at Major Dempsey and I'm like, legit just look of confusion and almost a little bit of horror because I immediately think to myself, oh my God, without saying it out loud, of course, did I just like almost try to like eat someone again? Did that happen again? But like not actually saying it, but I have that like look of horror, like, oh God, did I do something? But confused. And I, I look over at Dempsey and I say, how the hell did I get here? I actually take a couple steps back. So keeping in line with Merlo's thoughts there, you're going to take one point of sand damage from helplessness. That's just kind of the realization that it happened again, or let you lost control again happened. Okay. And that should put me under my breaking point now. Excellent. Yeah, so Dempsey, Merlo's on top of this chair, on top of this truck, just looking a tad distraught and definitely kind of out of sorts in this situation. You've just watched Merlo climb up, definitely not in the right mind, on top of this chair, on top of this truck. Hell, the truck's probably even running still at this point. Everyone's looking on, being like, what the hell's going on? And you just also saw Merlo kind of snap out of something. What are your thoughts at this point? Merlo is compromised. That is kind of my thought, in the sense of, like, I had a sneaking suspicion. I don't think we really even talked about what actually happened in the morgue. That was never really brought up, just because we were so busy with everything. But just kind of watching Merlo just have this moment of ecstasy of just like this sublime kind of bizarre joy of coming into contact with this strange item. I do not trust her, nor do I trust the situation, because in my head, there's too many secrets about an old friend, and I'm not okay with it. Makes sense. All right, so... Merrill, everyone's eyes are on you at this point. You climb down. Like, well, what's your reaction to all this? This is a lot of attention from a camp that's already on edge. Well, I mean, I'm already horrified at the idea of, of like, what's going on with all this. So sure. I don't know the reaction of, like, not being trusted. But, like, at this point, like, I climb down as fast as I can off the chair and I, I look away from it. And I just look at whatever the blue fly person is nearby and I say, just just try to get into the lab, please. Thank you. And like, I walk away and I'm going to go try to lie down and get some rest. All right. So as you're climbing down, give me an alertness. Ooh, a one critical. All right. So as you're climbing down, you notice two people are just kind of watching your behavior with a little too much interest. Harris has come out of his office and is kind of staring at you with the door open and also, kind of off in the distance, you see Major Farrell also watching this with kind of a little bit too much interest in this. Harrison Farrell? Yep. 
Mm, okay. Yeah, you successfully climb down. Nothing bad happens beyond that. You're going to go sleep as well? Yeah. All I right. think I need some rest. Sure. Makes a lot of sense. And what are your plans at this point, Major Dempsey? You've seen your friend have a bit of a public break, if you will. It's caused quite the stir. You got to try and get some rest as well. You're going to go do some work. What's the plan? I will attempt to get some rest. I don't think it's good. It's going to be a good amount of rest just because we're sharing quarters. Just because that has absolutely just kind of shook me a little. But I will keep a I will keep a distance from Merlot as we go back to quarters. Makes sense. All right, so we're going to start this off with everyone give me a 1d4. Basically, you're going to sleep for a guaranteed four hours, plus whatever you wind up rolling on this to kind of see when you wake up. That's a one for Schuler. That's a one for Dempsey. I bet I'm going to roll a four. Oh, I rolled a two. Okay, never mind. All right. We're going to start off with Dr. Schuler. Your sleep is rough. Of the three of you, you have had maybe the most upfront contact with the weird that happened the night before, and it haunts you. Maybe it didn't sink in at the time, maybe it was adrenaline, but the reality is you saw what can best be described as an undead dog rip into a man and then get stronger from it. So strong it was capable of jumping off into the woods, hauling this dead man with it. Let's see a sand check. That's that kind of like in your dreams, you're just seeing it over and over type of thing. 17% success. All right, only one point of sand damage on that. It's just kind of the horribleness as it floats through. A one point of sand damage from violence. All right. Ah, fuck. So I'm going to get up, and today I'm going to start my examination of the samples I brought home. Sure. Brought back. But to start... I am going to go to a nearby supply trailer for the morgue, the makeshift morgue. Sure. And I want to spend some time making sure that I can basically close the windows in here, shutter the blinds completely, make sure no light could get in. I want to make sure I could duct tape the the door shut so that there's no... I, I want to soundproof it and... Uh, Proof it a bit from the outside if possible. And I don't want to do it now. I just want to prep it for it to be done. Yeah, get the strips pulled, kind of get yeah. stuff in position. So is the goal kind of light locking it? Is the goal soundproofing it? Is the goal fortifying it? Light locking and fortifying it a bit. Gotcha. But I want the fortifications to be light enough that I can quickly move them. A question I have is how long do these events at night tend to last? Is it like an hour? A minute or two minute or two okay yeah the actual events are over quite quickly i also want to go to the blue fly guys and see if i can get a set of their noise canceling headphones that they'd wear in mm-hmm. the helicopter if possible and i'm just going to have that all in there ready to go yeah so let's play out the blue fly part first then you'll get to the research so what's your approach you just kind of walk up to one and be like hey i need to borrow some headphones for something or what's the i guess what's your thought process on that no, I'm going to go to the, the one that we know. I- Cantano. Yeah, I'm going to go to Cantano. Yeah, so he is just looking tired at this point. Maybe he's still even partially dressed for the scuba diving he did. He kind of looks at you. Oh, Doc, you're looking about a billion times better than I feel right now. Something I can help you with? I was about to go get some shut-eye up after our late-night diving expedition was interesting. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Things are getting a little crazy. Look. I need to to take one of your 
those headphones you guys wear in the helicopter is the one that kind of cancels out the noise so you don't blow out your eardrums. Kind of looks at you confused a little bit. What do you need it for? You're trying to do some, like, weird blasting experiment or something? I mean, no. I'll be completely honest with you. I'm a bit all over the place, and I'm going to jump into the morgue and get to work on some samples we brought back last night, and I just need nothing distracting me. So at the mention of the morgue, his eyes go a little bit wide. He's like, that's a interesting place to be, I suppose. Would just like some earplugs work? You really got your heart set on our uh, gestures at one of the helicopters, our nice headsets. I want one of the nice headsets. All right, give me a Persuade at plus 10. Can I do a Charisma, perhaps? Yeah, I'll still give you a plus 10 still. I got a 75 out of a modified 85. So after some kind of mental hemming and hawing, you see Quintano just kind of shrug, walk over, grab a pair, toss them to you. He goes, for what it's worth, if you're hoping that will stop the whole, you know, wailing thing, I don't think it will, but you know what? Yeah, uh, knock yourself out. Literally, figuratively, whatever the hell you want at this point. I Look, I mean, I'll take a, a set of earplugs if you got them, too. Kind of nods. That was, he's like, reaching into a pocket, tosses them. He goes, yeah, those are my spares. I keep them for, you know, when shit gets loud. Yeah, yeah, thanks. You hear what happened here at base last night? No, you want to give me a rundown? We didn't set this up by the lake, I guess, but maybe we did now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, apparently the... Base got attacked by a bunch of allegedly kind of undead foxes and squirrels and possum and shit. That's interesting. Something similar happened up at one of the northern roadblocks. Oh shit, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, you were up by the roadblocks. Wait, were you there when that guy got ripped apart? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Look, I gotta get to work. Alright, yeah. Enjoy the headphones. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so surely you're going to go off and now research the uh, samples you collected and that were collected at the base? I'm going to make sure that uh, whichever guard is assigned to me is in the morgue with me. Sure. Makes sense. Have they started attempting to burn the bodies yet? You do see progress. They've started to dig a hole for it. The reality is it's slow going. Like, it's partially frozen ground. They're digging through snow and building on the equipment for it. But they are making progress out there, trying to put some effort into actually making a burn pit for it. Right. I actually have something else I want done with the bodies because I feel like a burn pit's going to take too long. I would like to designate a site away from Weather Watcher to have the bodies stored until we're ready to burn. Do you go to Harris about that? What's the what's your play on that one? Do I feel like I need to go to Harris about that or is that is that something that I could simply ask the Blue Fly guys to do? I mean, that might be a thing you could convince Bimmel to do or something, but I guess, like, the relocating of a bunch of bodies that were brought to base because of mysterious deaths, even with all the things going on, yeah, it's, it's a bit I'm of a weird gonna order. I'm going to go I think. Sure. All right, so you're going to try and track down Bimmel before you get to work on the bodies? Or get to work on the samples? Before I get to work, yeah. Sure. Major Dempsey, you wake up kind of around the same time that Dr. Schuler's getting up. He rushes out of there. He looks just perturbed. What's going through your mind at this point? Like, you mentioned that you think Dr. Merlo was compromised. You had an inkling that maybe Schuler knows something. Like, where are you going with today? The first thing I think about is just shit. I wanted to talk to Schuler. I'll have to catch him at some other time. I'm still thinking about... Like, it's it's still 
kind of fresh in my head the fact that I was on the lake when the phenomenon occurred, and then kind of the travel back is when everything started going. In my head, I'm kind of attempting to connect the pieces, I guess, or at least the series of events, because we have a we have the phenomenon, the loud screech, and Mm -hmm. then the kind of increased aggression that's found in people and now apparently found in the surrounding dead wildlife. Give me an intelligence check on that, by the way. Ooh. 91% out of 90% failure. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> There's something about what you saw last night that's kind of nagging at the back of your brain. A detail that you think might be really important if you could just kind of make it come to full fruition, but also you're thinking about oh, a bunch of undead critters, essentially, attacked a bunch of armed guards and personnel at Weatherwatcher HQ. Gotcha. Not surprising you can't kind of pull this kind of one weird detail out of that insane sentence. So I want to clear my head and kind of keep thinking about it. I also just kind of want to get out of the room from Merlot, just because it's I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. Sure. Can I take that time to focus and just kind of get that answer? I'll say you can, and... I'm going to go for a jog. Yeah. Okay, can I go for a jog around camp? I'm going to go for a jog and clear my head, because, like, jogging is my thing. Yeah, so a bunch of people are watching you do that very suspiciously, like, trying to do something this normal with everything else going on. Maybe even see a couple people mutter about how, like, you're wasting time doing this, and do you leave the camp or just kind of, like, do a lap around the outside of it or something. My instincts say no, but I'm pretty sure that Dempsey could be that person who could be so lost in thought that she'll kind of not disorient herself, but like she's just so focused on the physical motion of jogging and using that as an aid to think that she might stray from camp. I don't too far. Okay. I mean, I can roll to see how far I stray from camp. Yeah. Give me a luck test on this one. All right. 67 out of 50% failure. You're definitely lost in thought, and you get some distance from camp. You can still see camp, obviously, but you would definitely describe yourself as outside of camp. Give me an alertness. 76% out of 33% failure. Uh, You're deep, kind of lost in thought. It occurs to you something that you're not quite sure to process. The biggest thing you've heard about attacking someone the night before was about the size of a dog or a fox. Oh, oh, we don't have very much time. So as I'm coming to this realization, I'm kind of like coming out of my tunnel vision, I guess, or just kind of hyper-focused, and I realize that I'm super far from camp, or at least further than I really would like. And that just kind of startles me, and like not as focused and whatnot. What? What's up with this alertness check? Oh no, you are indeed startled, because as you kind of turn around, as you realize you're far away from camp, you see, about ten feet away from you, definitely on the path that you just kind of walked away from camp, to what may have at one point probably been coyotes or foxes just kind of staring at you, hungrily. And they both just kind of charge and jump at you. And they both bite you for... I don't even dodge? Or can I roll an athletics? That's true. For a total of eight points of damage, they just kind of both hungrily bite at you. 
getting stronger and stronger with each passing bite. Fucking tight. That puts me at three hit points. Is there a threshold when I lose a huge amount of hit points or some of that? So you're right at the threshold. These things bit into you. They successfully tore like into your skin. They got some chunk out of you and their bites are getting stronger. Like you are feeling the thing Dr. Schuler witnessed the night before that as they've kind of gotten a bit of a taste of human or taste of meat, if you will, they're getting much stronger, much more confident. They're no longer kind of rickety creatures at this point. Yet. Well, my immediate thought is to just get back to camp because right. I've severely fucked up. May I run an athletics check? I was to... going to have to do a strength to kind of throw these things off because they are on you. Question. No, because unarmed combat's at 40% basic, so that's not something I could got to get the extra 44. Let's, yeah, strength it is, because that's right. going to be better than my unarmed combat. 93% out of 45% failure. All right, so I got some bad news on this one. These two creatures just keep tearing at you. They are hungry, they are rabid, both kind of have their jaws into you, and they just keep getting more and more dangerous. And do you scream out for help? Do you? What do you do? At this point in time, especially just because I'm not able to go, I absolutely start screaming. I am just trying my best to get any kind of attention around. Hopefully it's cold enough that my screams can carry. Uh, oh, yes. And that's the horrifying part. The colder it is, the farther sounds carry. So camp most definitely can hear you. But yeah, I scream and I try to get away. All right, so the last thing you're conscious for is one of these creatures just snaps one of your arms off at the oh. elbow. And the last thing you feel as you slowly drift away is its teeth slowly puncturing into your neck. You feel something enter your airway and then just snap. What the fuck? All right, so we're now going to jump to... Dr. Merlo, who is just startled awake by the anguished screams of a woman being torn apart, ripped to shreds. I'm not quite sure what the right words are. Some ways off in the distance. It is a horrifying sound. Give me a sand check. Oh, boy. Hey, a 22 critical. All right. Excellent. So you managed to shrug this off. Like I'm not sure how you shrug that off, especially because you realize you know that voice. That is the sound of Major Dempsey having just something horrific happen to her. What do you do? I am going to... How... Like, could I tell how far it was? You're still in the trailer. You're just hearing it. Probably everyone's hearing this. Because Major Dempsey did not get that far away from camp. I'm going to, like, pop my head out and see if there's anybody else, like, heading over there. Sure. But... Definitely not going to run towards it on my own. All right. Yeah, so Dr. Schuler, as you're making your way to try and find Bimmel, you also hear this just horrible screaming. Give me a sand check. All right, one second. Man, I don't want to be the cause of a sand check. <laughs> 77 fumble. Oof. <laughs> it's going to be 1d4 sand damage. Two. I'm going to project this loss. Do I realize who this is? You also realize who this is, but kind of like you're just paralyzed with fear. Like the thing you saw last night, that kind of ripping, shredding thing that happened, 
it's happened to someone you now know personally, someone you talked to within the last few hours type of thing, someone you've worked with, someone that maybe you were counting on getting you out of this nightmare alive. So I am confident with that scream after what I saw yesterday that they are going to die or yep. are dead. Are already probably dead. Yeah, it's it's only a matter of time. So I'm going to take it off of Dr. Siddiqui, who is a colleague of mine. Sure. And the way that this works is Schuler's realizing that he, he cannot be close to the people that are here doing this research or the sure. people he works with. Makes a lot of sense. That's going to take four off the bond. Oof. Is that a broken bond yet, or getting pretty close? It has one left. I mean, Siddiqui did get you into this. Makes a certain amount of sense. Yep. Oh, Schuler, you are frozen. Dr. Merlo, you are sticking your head out the door to kind of try and figure what the hell's going on. And because of the cold, the sound just travels through camp. The demise of Major Dempsey is audible to almost everyone, unless they are mercifully somehow out of range of this, but it carries, and of the many people listening to this, Captain Luckman, how do you respond? Immediately, I ready my weapon, and I shout out, 32! Let's go! You heard that, right? Move it! And we start heading over to the origin of the scream. Alright, give me athletics. Tight. That is a 71 out of 60% failure. The snow is hard, the screams are harder to run through type of thing, like it's... Major Dempsey actually got quite a distance away from base by accident. As you're running, it makes more and more sense how this tragedy has happened, unfortunately. You run for easily 200 yards, and by the time you arrive, you see two things running off towards the woods, the wild, just away from this just hatch of red snow. What do you do? We'll set up a perimeter. Hardy. Help me. We need to bring this shit. That Dempsey? Fuck. God damn it, we're gonna have to bring Dempsey back to camp. I would like to set up a perimeter so that way we can lift and carry this body back to camp. In my head, I am a little discouraged just because as a rescue pilot, I failed to rescue somebody. No, sure. But at the same time, shit's been going haywire left and right. And it's not going to be fun to deliver news that one of the researchers that was brought in for this situation has been eaten by wildlife. Indeed. So as you approach the body to kind of do your job, kind of confirm the situation, give me a sand check. Oh, it's that bad? Yep. 83% out of 60% failure. All right, so you're going to take 1d6 points of sand damage for this. Jesus. For violence. Yeah, I'm taking that full five. All right. So as you approach the remains of Major Dempsey, what greets you is horrifying. There's not really much left of the good major. There are some small patches of hair and other less edible parts of the human body. But most of what you're seeing is bones stripped, picked. You're not quite sure what the right phrase is of any salvageable meat just kind of lying there where she got ripped apart. Holy shit. Hey, how, Hardy, how, there's no way that we were, it, it took us this long to get here. How, how long between the scream and, what? At the risk of sounding morbid, Cap, maybe they're fast eaters? Yeah, if they were piranhas, but there's, there were just two of those things, right? I mean, we only saw two. 
Fuck. All right. Make sure that perimeter is tight. Help me pick the shit up. Fuck me. You sure that's a good idea, boss? Bringing that back to camp is gonna raise some questions. What was that scientist? Shit. He was the one who was trying to get us to burn the bodies. Yeah, Schuler. yeah. Yeah, we need to call him over. Are you sure that's a good idea? His coworker just, forgive my language, just bit it hard. I'm pretty sure that we gotta do something. You can't just throw a tarp over this and just kind of sweep it under the rug. I'm saying that's exactly what we do. It's, it's been fucking weird ever since that thing went off a second time. I get it, but also bringing her back? That's just gonna raise more and more questions. Like, no one wants to see that. Look, man, you work enough rescue ops, you think that you're gonna be able to get used to it, but honestly, it still sticks with you. We call this in, and we gotta let Farrell know. We need to make sure that no one else immediately sees this. Don't want to have to set up a perimeter against our own, but we gotta. So I'm gonna contact Farrell and just radio in and just report. Hey, Farrell, I got some bad news. Let me guess. One of the scientists had an accident? You can say that. It's It was Dempsey. Double shit. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm not moving the remains. It's weird enough as is. Nah, I, I get it. Yeah. Feels disrespectful, but I don't know. Toss some snow over it or something, or maybe try and drag it off towards a bush or something. I, not, not bad instincts, Captain, but yeah, that's... How bad is it? Well, it's been picked clean. It's just straight up a skeleton with a couple bones on it. Looks like a plate of wings after a good football game. Jesus, that's an image. All right. Yeah. Find some way of hiding the body. No need for the rest of the team to see that and get distracted by it. Fuck. Copy that. All right. 32. Let's go. Separate the bones. Hide them individually. It's going to be easier to hide smaller things than one giant thing. Cover your tracks and get rid of those red snow. Let's go. Rest your team nods, understandingly. Yeah, and you kind of successfully hide the remains somewhere that people aren't going to chance upon it necessarily. You go back to Weather Watcher at that point. What do you do following your little cover-up? We are going to run a red herring because we saw tracks leading away from the forest and we did not see Dempsey whatsoever. So some of us are going to report back to say that Dempsey has escaped or Dempsey has run away. Sure. And the rest are going to follow. Makes sense. So are you going back to base at that point to have it be part of the misinformation or what? I will. Yeah, I'll kind of report back and I'll send some of the boys out to go find Dempsey. Dempsey. 